Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Banished from the joys of paradise, Adam sat outside and wept. And beating his hands upon his face, he said, I am fallen, and thy compassion have mercy on me. When Adam saw the angel drive him out and shut the door of the divine garden, he groaned aloud and said, I am fallen, and thy compassion have mercy on me. O paradise, share in the sorrow of thy master who is brought to poverty, and with the sound of thy leaves pray to the Creator that he may not keep thy gate closed forever. I am fallen. And thy compassion have mercy on me. O paradise, perfect, all holy and blessed, planted for Adam's sake and shut because of Eve, pray to God for the fallen. I am fallen, and thy compassion have mercy on me. This Sunday we commemorate the expulsion of Adam and Eve from paradise. And in the hymnody of the church, it has driven home the tears of Adam, the beating of his hands upon his face, his crying out for mercy, for he has realized the depth of what has happened, the tragedy that has occurred. And in the hymns of the church, as very often we give voice as we see in the Old Testament, to creation. But here we give voice to paradise. We ask paradise to share in the sorrow of thy master, Adam. The sorrow that we share with Adam. That by the sound of the leaves of paradise, that that may be a prayer to God. We ask paradise to pray for us. This is, of course, poetic, but it is, if you can just think back, if you have a memory, as I have a few memories from my childhood, and children, I encourage you, especially during this time, to go outside and just sit under a tree. Preferably a few trees. And just listen. This hymn tells us that the prayer of paradise is the sound of the leaves of paradise. And if you listen, and the wind just ever so slightly blows, you can hear paradise calling. Elder Cleopa of Romania. You can find clips of him on YouTube. He's a very, he was a character, let's just say that. You can find one where he's very vehemently, smack, 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 death, death, death. But in others, you can tell his love, his compassion, and his passion for our God when he used to greet people and tell them, May paradise come.
consume you. The time of Lent is a time for paradise, for what we have lost, to become like Adam, to hear the leaves praying for us, to be returned to our God and Father. There's a reason why in the Orthodox Church we call Lent a joyful sorrow. The sorrow is because of what we have lost, what we miss out of God's holiness, God's radiant love, God's beauty, God's goodness, God's desire for us to be with Him, to enjoy Him above all other things. And the joyful part of that sorrow is that we know that He loves us though we lack. He loves us though we are sinful. And it is Lent that sets these notes. A joyful sorrow in the hymnody of the church, in the music of the church, in the fasting of the church, in the almsgiving of the church, increased prayer, prostrations with the introduction of the prayer of St. Ephraim. All of these are to give us the hymn of paradise, to loosen our earthiness and to put our minds and hearts on high so that our heart, our desire, becomes captive to paradise. If paradise was to consume us, if paradise, if God was everything for us, then when we heard in the Gospel from the Sermon on the Mount, three basic points that should guide us throughout this beginning to our Lent and throughout this season of joyful sorrow. If paradise would consume us, we would be able to forgive. As our Lord says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. If paradise consumes you, you would be able to love and forgive as God loves and forgives. This is where we would make active excuses for those instead of judgment. Where we would silence our tongue. Where we would silence that little voice in our head that wants to judge, belittle, raise up over others. Because as paradise consumes us, we turn inside. We take a look at our own heart. We ask, what is it that we have done? We ask, how can paradise, how can love consume me instead of how I can consume others with my judgments, with my withholding of forgiveness? If paradise would consume us, the second point that our Lord makes in this section from the Sermon on the Mount, we would not be seeking the world's approval or possibly what we think the church or those that were in church approve of. It says, when you fast, our Lord says, do not be like hypocrites who go around with a sad countenance, who go around like trumpeting, 
I'm fasting. Can't you tell? I'm fasting. No, no, no. I'm not having meat. No, I cannot have the ice cream. I'm fasting. But in the rest of your conversation, a little slander, a little gossip, you know, some judgment thrown here and there. Got to spice up your vegetables. (laughs) When you fast, our Lord says, anoint your head, wash your face. Because paradise consumes you. You're not going around dour and sour. You are going around with joy. The sorrow is within your heart, but the joy that you know what awaits you when you join yourself to our God, there is joy. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And when the kingdom of heaven is not something that we pursue, we all will pursue love and affirmation and recognition from the world. We all are made to be loved, affirmed. And so when we seek anything but God, if we seek the world's approval, we're going to miss out on paradise. This is why Lent is a time of vigilance over our soul. What we consume, what we think about, not just what we put in uh, the meat or the lack of dairy, but what we actually contemplate deep within ourselves. This is a time for us to set back, to sit under that tree or those trees and to listen to paradise. This is the time for us to simplify. I'm going to read just a little section, and I'm going to read a little bit more from Tito Colliander's book, The Way of the Ascetics, where he talks about what it means for us to go and seek God in secret. Our warfare is called the invisible warfare because it all takes place in the heart and in silence deep within us. This is a serious matter on which the Holy Fathers laid much stress. Keep your lips tight shut on your secret. If one opens the door of the steam bath, the heat escapes and the treatment loses its benefit. Thus, say nothing to anyone of your newly conceived purpose. Say nothing of the new life you have begun or the experiment you are making and experiences you expect to have. All this is a matter between God and you and only between you two. The only exception might be your father confessor. This silence is necessary because all chatter about one's own concerns nourishes self-preoccupation and self-trust. And these must be stifled first of all. Through stillness, one's trust grows in him who sees what is hidden. Through silence, one talks with him who hears without words. To come to him is your endeavor, and in him shall be all your confidence. You are anchored in eternity, and in eternity there are no words. Silence, vigilance over our hearts, what our thoughts, what we Bring in what we put out. Seeking God above all else 
this is our endeavor. And if we waste it with talking a whole bunch and talking and talking about it, we miss the actual doing of this pursuit of God. The third point that our Lord makes from the sermon this morning. If paradise would consume you, you will seek the kingdom first. Your priorities will be God, his kingdom, and all of the righteousness that flows from it. This is, as if ever, as we've been trumpeting for the past few weeks, the church, to say it's time to get ready. But now, today is the day. Today is the time. Today is the day of salvation. It is time to really set aside and plan and look, especially at this week, to lay a good foundation, to uproot vices, to lay down or begin patterns of good habits. I'm going to read a little bit more from Tito. This is the very beginning of On the Way of the Ascetics. If you wish to save your soul and win eternal life, arise from your lethargy, make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Faith comes not through pondering, but through action. Not words and speculation, but experience teaches us what God is. To let in fresh air, we have to open a window. To get tanned, we must go get sunshine. Achieving faith is no different. We never reach a goal by just sitting in comfort and waiting, say the Holy Fathers. Let the prodigal son be our example. He arose and came. However weighed down and entangled in earthly fetters you may be, it can never be too late. Not without reason is it written that Abraham was 75 when he set forth. And the laborer, who we just heard in this gospel this morning, who comes at the 11th hour gets the same wages as the one who comes in the first. Nor can it be too early. A forest fire cannot be put out too soon. Would you see your soul ravaged and charred? In baptism, you receive the command, the command to wage the invisible warfare against the enemies of your soul. Take it up now. Long enough have you dallied, sunk in indifference and laziness. You have let much valuable time go to waste. Therefore, you must begin again from the beginning. For you have let the purity you received in baptism be sullied in dire fashion. Arise then, but do so at once. Without delay, do not defer your purpose till tonight or tomorrow or later when I finish what I have to do just now. The interval may be fatal. No, this moment, the instant you make your resolution, you will show by your action that you have taken leave of your old self and have now begun a new life with a new destination and a new way of living. Arise, therefore, without fear and say, Lord, let me begin now. Help me, for what you need above all is God's help. Hold fast to your purpose. Do not look back. We have been given a warning example in Lot's wife, who was turned into a pillar of salt when she looked back. You have cast off your old humanity. Let the rags lie. Like Abraham, you have heard the voice of the Lord. Get out of your country and from your kindred, from your father's house, into a land that I will show you. Towards that land, hereafter, you must direct all your attention. Our goal 
the land that we are to pursue is paradise. This is why the church gives us this holy time of great Lent to prepare ourselves for the paradise that will be in eternity. So may God consume you with his paradise. May God visit you throughout, especially this first week of Holy Lent. May God, through the love for him, enable you to forgive, enable you to seek him with all of your might in the secret place, and to prioritize his kingdom to treasure what you should treasure. May paradise consume you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.